Welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibilities on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, and my website, journeyofpossibilities.com. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz, and each week we have what I consider to be the most interesting conversations on the planet about how we can transform our life from the inside out in holistic spiritual ways. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate your donations to keep the shows coming at journeyofpossibilities.com slash donate. Now let's hear from Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance, who keeps this show going week after week. Mario, how can you help listeners? Thank you, Cheryl. You know, one of the other things that I hear a lot about is SEO, social media, even YouTube. Maybe you don't want to pay those $400 or $500 bills for SEO. Maybe you just need to know how SEO works. I can help you with that. Or you just need to upload a YouTube video because, you know, everybody's doing it. Rather than buying a marketing expert to do this for you, I can show you how to do that in plain English. I don't have to give you all the techno babble that goes along with all that. The other part that I can help you out, social media. A lot of people are pushing Facebook. A lot of people are pushing Twitter. What's right for you? I can help you figure that out. And that's what part of my consulting is and part of my power of giving you those solutions. I empower you to your solutions that work for you, not work for me. For solutions that empower you, reach me at MarioRosales.net or TechLifeBalance.net. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. We are so excited to finally have the details together about our upcoming trip to Peru next fall. I invite you to go to my website, journeyofpossibilities.com slash events, and check out what we've put together where you can create your own spiritual adventure in Peru. We'd love to have you join us. Again, the website is journeyofpossibilities.com slash events. And now for today's show. Fran Clark is a creative visionary who grew up in a small town in southern Louisiana, and she has been a busy lady. She's been a single mom, a psychotherapist, developer and facilitator of transformational programs for women, and following her own mantra to listen to the beat of your soul, Fran is getting ready to move to Portugal for the third segment of her life and start over yet again, and I can't wait to hear all about that. You can check out her Hello to Life Sound Healing Academy online at hellotolife.com. And now, without further ado, welcome, Fran. Oh, thanks so much, Cheryl. It's great to be talking with you. Thanks for having this conversation with me. Oh, well, thank you. You're the one that's in the middle of packing, and your move is coming up in just a couple of weeks, right? Very soon, yes, mid-October. 
Well, you've led an amazing life and you've been an agent of transformation for so many women. How, what fired you to get up into all of that? Because it seems like you kind of had a hard start if you were a single mom. You know, I've, I've thought about that. Like, where did I get whatever it is I have? And, <laughs> uh, because I, you know, I didn't grow up in a um, an area that really supported growth and, and, you know, evolution and evolving and that kind of thing. But I think it was just something that really has traveled through my DNA. And I've actually located the ancestor that I think is, has a big responsibility for it. But, um, and, and I never knew what to call that it inside of me. And I would say, it's just that thing inside of me that just move pulls me forward it just pulls me it's it's like the the call of the sirens where and i just have to go forward and uh totally without brain and logic and um and then i one day stumbled across andrew cohen's term creative evolutionary impulse and i said that's it that's what i feel inside of myself that says i just have to keep opening to more and more possibilities and um, I think I was just born with a very strong spirit. And for most of the beginning of my life, that spirit was very, very contained. And I remember decades ago standing in my bedroom and I was reading a magazine. I think it was Transformational something or other magazine. Love the thing. It does, it's not in print anymore. But it, there was an ad for a workshop and it said, are you tired of living in a box that's way too small for the size of your spirit? And I just fell on the floor sobbing because that that was it. It's like my box was too small for me. And part of that box I had created by taking on responsibilities of life and, and all that. But I started to understand myself better through those two experiences. And you know, I became a seeker, I guess, around midlife, because whatever it was I was living in was not what I wanted to continue. And so I started all kinds of therapies and, you know, different experiences and learning and trainings, because I wanted to change and I wanted to grow into a different place. So that was kind of the impetus for it. It, it, it grew and evolved inside of me. Tell me about the role of your conscious spirituality in that journey. Did you come from a Christian type background? Did you come from a more expansive spiritual understanding as a child? How did that part of it evolve yeah, with this? Not at all. I, I, I came from a very strict Catholic household in a very predominantly strict Catholic community. And I did that very well. Um, and when I was younger, I, I, played the organ for the church for about 20 years. And um, the, I think the music was really, really important for me during all of those times. But, you know, once I moved away from home, I started to explore something larger, something bigger. And it, it felt for me like I had to make this my own. And I had to find a spirituality that was much bigger than the religion. Because I, it was, I had to find my place in the universe, literally. I didn't know that I deserved to exist. I didn't know that I was worthy of taking up space on the planet. And so I had to go and find a very expansive place to know that I am as worthy as anyone else. 
I am as valuable and precious as anyone else on the planet. And so is everyone. Um, so I have to reclaim that sense of beingness from a, a larger place, a deeper place than what any human could tell me. And it was the music that was the vehicle for that. That's beautiful. That's you answered my question. I was like, okay, we've got a listener or two that are feeling like I haven't yet found that for myself. Where do I look? You, you found mm-hmm. it in music. Yes. Um, the, my first experience was with the Bonnie method of guided imagery and music. It's called GIM for short. And it's a process that uses classical music as a therapeutic transformational modality. And so um, I picked up, well, a book fell on my foot one day. I picked it up, read about a third of it, and found out it was the same process as a flyer that I had been keeping from for seven years. I picked up the phone. I called the author in California. I got on a plane two weeks later because it was, again, it was that call that I just knew. I knew there had to be something that could reach the place inside of me because years and billions of dollars worth of therapy couldn't get there. And my first experience with her was so profound. Uh, you know, I, I really believe it was life-saving in a lot of ways. Not that I was suicidal, I wasn't, but it, but it saved my life, my living. And uh, once I knew that that, that that work had that much power, um, I knew I would do whatever it took to do the training. So for two and a half years, I commuted to California. I sold my house so I could get a more manageable house. And I worked less than I ever had and earned less money than I ever had and still survived. And in that process, I learned something about trust because I didn't know anything about trust. I didn't understand it. I thought it was a silly word, <laughs> you know, trust. What do you, you know, if I don't get up, the earth's not going to spin. And there were so many kinds of teachings and learning in that work. And then I started integrating it into my psychotherapy practice with clients And I knew then that that work was the deepest work that could cut through places that no amount of psychotherapy, talk therapy, or other practices could do. And that was like the beginning of my use of therapeutic sound and music, different from music therapy as taught in, in schools. Thank you for distinguishing that. And you've done so much with that. And now you're in a place where... You're ready for a break. And I really admire the little conversation that we had before we started the show today where you were telling me that you're ready to do this differently. You're ready yes. to go and relax and let opportunities avail themselves to you rather than having to seek them out. And that really resonates with me because so many of us are trying to learn how to make that shift right now from the masculine, got to go get it and make stuff happen right. to the feminine wow, it's going to come and I just have to have the right vibration and the patience Mm -hmm. and avail myself of the clues, right? Right, yeah. People say to me, well, are you retiring? And I don't really know how to answer that word because the sound work, and I don't even call it work, I don't know what else to say, but the practice with sound is so innate to me that I don't think I'll ever stop doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've worked really, really hard and I've burned out seriously And so I do need to allow it to be different. And I don't want to quit it. I don't want to end it. I have established a a community of practitioners here now in Louisiana, in Lafayette, 
that are ready. They're ready to take over where I'm leaving off and they're ready to keep the expansion going. And that feels just incredibly beautiful. And I'm so grateful for them. And so I feel confident that I can leave now and it's going to keep going and, and get some rest and reinvigorate. And, but I don't, you know, I don't stay empty very long. <laughs> this is creative nudgings that are already starting to happen. And um, I'm already connected with the sound community in Portugal and in the UK. And so having time to interact with them in a more leisure way and have had some, some semi-invitations to, to bring some of the work to that place, um, to bring the tuning fork trainings and classes and the work with women to Portugal. Um, so I think it's going to happen, but I have to not get there and start handing out business cards <laughs> and putting flyers. <laughs> right. Well, you're describing something that I hadn't really seen that way, but I'm going through it myself. And I know many people who are that we've been building, 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 building. And it's, it's not just burnout. It's the gift of burnout because if we don't get burnout, yeah. we don't stop building and start learning how to receive. And it's such right. a beautiful thing to be able to do that. So right. I admire your journey and, and doing it at a time in life when Many others might just say, you know, I, I'm done. I'm just going to kick back and I'm not going to do any more, period. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'll do it, but it needs to come easily. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and that learning to receive is a, is a very, um, it's new and different. And I had the most incredible experience on Tuesday night. Um, I do a sound meditation with um, Jared Roy, who owns a yoga garden here in Lafayette, where I practice now. And typically on Tuesdays, we do sound nidra. And so he does half hour of his yoga nidra, and I have a little bit of soft sound in the background. Then I do a half hour of sound. Well, I was so burnt. I was beyond burnt out. I was spent. And I'm thinking, and, and how am I going to pull up the energy to do what I need to do here? So he says, would you do me a favor and would you just experience the nidra? And I'm going, yeah, sure, I'd do anything for, for Jared. And um, I'm thinking, God, I hope he does a quiet one tonight because I'm not in the mood to be moving all over the place. <laughs> and so he said, well, why don't you get in one of the, the silks, the, um, the th things they use for the aerial yoga? So I did. And they surprised me. About 20 of my sound students showed up surprised. I didn't even know they were in the room. And they started playing the bowls and the gongs and the bells and the whatever. And so for the first time, I got to receive what I had been giving. Because I do a sound meditation different from most people. And I bring in lots of different kinds of instruments. And, and they gave that to me. And I was all cuddled up like a cocoon, very womb-like. And I got to feel and receive this. And they came from all parts of the room. And then they encircled me and they put the sound beneath me and on all sides of me. And then they started speaking to me about what I had meant to them in their life. It was the most exquisite. And I just opened every pore of my being and let myself take it in, which was really, really different. How and, beautiful. And I really wanted them to have back the experience that they were giving me yeah. was incredible. Yeah. And somehow they were showing you that that was the having it back, that they've gotten that from you and they wanted to give it back. And that's so amazing. And you're the second person I've talked to today who's shared a story. I talked with another woman who is now going through cancer 
she's very conscious and so she's going through it at every level there is to go through it. But her big takeaway from this is that all of a sudden she's being taken care of by all the people she's always taken care of. Right. And it's the same thing. It's interesting how life creates experiences for us to be the recipient of what we yeah. give. And, yeah. and she, that was the most moving part of our conversation was when she described what it was like to have the children that she'd raised as a single mom and her spouse now and her, her parents and everyone rallying around her, taking care of her when she's the one that always takes care of everyone else. And oh, that's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. like even in the most horrific of circumstances to be able to see the gifts that do show up. And like mm-hmm. for you, you're going to a beautiful place and to a restful place. And you're also being sent away mm-hmm. with messages of how much you've meant to people. And, and what I, what I also realized in the room was that the the beauty and the opportunity of having a place to come to where people can be so utterly real and vulnerable in that experience is very unique for a lot of people and that they can let themselves be that raw and let themselves really speak from their heart and that's the community that we've been building here and and now it's it's established that's beautiful yeah that is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I would be surprised if I don't hear in another five years that you've started something similar in Portugal, even if it's mm-hmm. in a, in a more hands off way in some sense. Mm-hmm. I still see you carrying that energy forward because that seems to be representative of who you are. Yeah. And, you know, the country is, is so amazing there that I think just being immersed in that beautiful nature and the people of Portugal are just so warm and welcoming and lovely that I think I just get a sense it's going to be easier. We have so many distractions here. Yes. And, and I experience that as well. So I'm not talking about the other people, but we have so many distractions that compete for our attention here. And I think it's going to be a much more organic, natural process. And and I'll get to experience more of the things that other people are doing and be a participant. And there's so many opportunities to involve nature in the creation of the music there. Right, right. Wow, that would be beautiful. I'll look forward to whatever emerges Mm -hmm. from you there. Do you have any plans at all or are you specializing in having no plans? Well, not really plans. I'm going to be in on the southern coast in the Algarve. And, um, you know, that is just exquisitely beautiful. And the sound of the waves and just the, the bigness and the wildness of nature there. But like I said, I've already connected with some people. And last time I was there, one of my friends has said, well, you come do this workshop and that workshop. And I said, no, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I will at some point. I'm just going to let it. it say to me when it needs to happen but you know and I'll I'll continue to to grow and learn from other people and and be part of what there is there because this this experience with sound never ends you you never learn it all and there's always more to learn from other people but I want to play I just want to wake up in the morning and say what day is it is it Wednesday or Sunday <laughs> you know <laughs> Yes, what a fabulous life that will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it needs to be a little bit lighter. <laughs> yes, it does. Mm-hmm. So, what are you finding easiest and then most challenging about this shift in being from having to do and go and pushed into the the 
the different type of energy that you want to embrace moving forward? Yeah. Well, on this end, it's been the disposing of my possessions. Um, I am leasing my house and I'm keeping about a quarter of my possessions, but just the task of getting rid of the other things is just bigger than I ever imagined it would be. And for about the first two weeks, I walked around crying because I have an attachment to every rock that's in my house and every, what, everything's got a story, you know? And then after I got past that and now it's just like, whatever, get rid of it, give it away, you know, let it go, let somebody else enjoy it. And, and so I'm, I'm beyond that. And I'm, I'm at the point where by unburdening, I get to open up space for whatever next is to come. So that feels really good. Um, I just got the visa approved day before yesterday. So there are things that couldn't be done until that happened. And now I'm on fast pace. So I can't wait to get on the airplane. Um, I don't typically drink on the airplane, but I am going to have a glass of wine uh, (laughs) and just kick back and relax. But I think once I get there, um, you know, this, it's a steep learning curve there, but it, I've, I've just been able to flow real easily with that. Um, I have guests coming three days after I arrive, and I have a steady stream until mid-December with a one-day turnaround with each group that's coming. So it's going to be a pretty, um, I'm going to say busy, but um, I'm not working hard for it. You know, the Southern hospitality is done. <laughs> and people will, will be very welcome in my house, but I won't be the hostess, you know. So I plan to just relax and enjoy it. I want to get, I want to get empty enough that I see what else is inside of me. Ooh, I you know, like what that. else wants to come forth? What creative possibilities can emerge? And if I stay so busy that I don't have time to see that then I'm defeating the purpose for going there. I think that what you just said is something that we all can find a place to create in our lives, regardless of where we are. It's not the place that holds us back, although the culture certainly feeds that. Yeah. But, you know, I was just thinking the same thing before we did today's show that, that I was just so busy for so long chasing down the next thing because our culture teaches us to go right. for that next big whatever. And I spent my whole life chasing the next big whatever. And as soon as I got it, there was that temporary thrill of, of having done it. And then I was right back to where I was before going, OK, what's next? Uh huh. Exactly. And you're absolutely right. It's something we allow to come forward by the stillness, and we are just not taught that. I know, and I think it's it's harder to do it in this country. Yes. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just harder. Yes. Because it's, there's just such a fast pace here. Yes. And and I want to slow it down, but you know, you have traveled enough, and you have had such amazing experiences that once that kind of thing takes root in you both that desire for that space and that 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 drive that I don't want to call it that calling more of a drive than a drive that calling that just wants to keep experiencing life and cultures and little beautiful moments and you know real relationships with people and not just live on the surface of life Yes. And that is what we do when we get this busy. It seems like, Uh and I notice when I connect with people and I am the me that I am now, they they just start 
telling me things and it pours out for sometimes an hour or two, just nonstop. They're just pouring out. And I finally recognized it's that I actually sit and really listen. And I don't think we encounter people that slow down that much in our culture. Right. Right. That's beautiful. (laughs) That's beautiful. But mm-hmm. it's it's also sad, isn't it? I'm like, wow, am I yeah. really the first person that's listened to them in, in a day or a week or a month or whatever? It might be. <laughs> it just might be. And and their willingness to be vulnerable and open with you says so much for who you are and your ability to hold that space for them and your willingness to do that too. Well, I, I appreciate it. I, I think people are the spice of life and I just love getting to know them. And you are just so oh. impressive for anyone that thinks that, you know, and, and let's face it past, past, well, once we hit menopause and on things start to ache that maybe didn't ache before the body starts oh, yeah. to not be the way it used to be. And <laughs> oh, yeah. for you to say, okay, I'm all fired up and I'm going to Portugal to get a rest. That's a big move. I'm just, well, you know, in I can ache here or I can ache there. I mean, <laughs> Why not do it on the beach there, right? Yeah, and maybe I won't ache as much over there, you know, <laughs> with being still. And, you know, people say, oh, it takes so much courage. I've never thought of it that way. It doesn't take any courage at all. It feels like a very natural thing. I haven't had one moment anxiety about it. And my biggest anxiety is how to handle my luggage in the airport because I'm not shipping anything. Oh. I'm just carrying. I'm taking whatever I carry, you know. So that's my biggest anxiety, and that'll be a short-term one. Wow. You know, but um, it just feels natural. This is this is the first time in my life that I'm free from responsibilities, and I can make this choice to do this. And um, I can make it on a very small budget, and you know, just enjoy just being there. Wow. You know, I was thinking that I was going to finally get to meet you in person when you come back here, but I, we're flipping that around. Uh-uh. I'm going to come to you. Coming, you're coming to Portugal. <laughs> How lovely I is love that? having guests. I will very much welcome that. Yes. Fabulous. Tell me a little about the workshops. You mentioned the workshops that you've done for women and how they transform their lives. What kinds of things do you find really change a woman's life radically? Well, short version is that when I was doing that training in California, we needed to do a project for completion of certification. And most people wrote a three-page paper and handed it in, but not me. I had to do a two-and-a-half-year project that I put together called a Heroine's, uh, The Heroine's Journey, A Woman's Search for Truth. And it uses that process of the um, the uh, classical music, and it also uses mandala drawing and the template is the circles of the self, which was created by Joan Kellogg 25, 30 years ago. And it's, it's about the cycle of life. And so I put that all together and created this program. And every woman comes into it at her own place. And every woman hears whatever they hear from it. But when they really work it, it just radically transforms whatever it is they need to transform. Most of all, it's it's about the ability to have choices, the ability to have boundaries, the ability to speak up for themselves, to have confidence, to, to have respect for themselves and compassion for themselves. And when those things happen, then other things transform off of that too. And they, they create a bonding in this group. I was holding it once a year. I did 48 of those groups. And I mean, once a month for a year. And then right before I was leaving, I decided to do it again. And I call it the boot camp version because it's once a week for 14 weeks. And, you know, 
some of these women have never had a friend. Yes. Like they were so traumatized, they never had a friend. And they've been able to come into this place and little by little just unstrip themselves and allow themselves to open to friendships. And something like that just radically changes. Is this work going on now still somewhere where if a woman feels called into experiencing that? Or is that the work that has stopped now unless well, you start it again? Um Kind of. it. Mm-hmm. You know, for a long time, I really believed that I needed to teach somebody else, other people, how to do this program. And I just didn't have the energy or time to do it. And and it would have involved trying to teach or convince other people who are licensed in some type of therapy why they should even want to do it. Because it didn't the people in the therapy community have not embraced the, the work of sound and music and vibration. Mm. And so I had to grieve that when I ended it, it was ending. And now, you know, there's some possibility that if I can work out some of the kinks, I'll even do it online. And I'm still open to training people. It wouldn't be easy, it wouldn't be quick, and it wouldn't be cheap. But I think it would be important and valuable. So, in fact, I put out a book after group number 25 that was the writings from the women. I'd love to send one of those to you. Oh, that sounds uh, lovely. So have to get your mailing address there. And um, I, I think it's profound work. And I think that because I've seen several hundred women change their lives dramatically because of it. So I would still be open to doing it. But again, that's got to come to me in a different way other than me trying to promote it. Right. And would it need to be a therapist? Well, it would need to be somebody that probably has some kind of licensing, I think. You know, maybe not. But and those are some of the kinds of kinks that I need to work out with it. Yeah. When you're sitting on the beach, you know, with nothing (laughs) to do but think about, gee, I wonder if because I'm feeling really like that would be a beautiful thing to facilitate. I work with a lot of low income single moms trying to. Uh And and at that point in their life, those are exactly the skills that would be so beneficial to turning their life around where I help them get go back to school and do all the tangibles to 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 move from a need for welfare. But beyond that, we know that we need a a vibrant spirit. We need to have a voice that can express itself. We need to have healthy self-esteem. Being able to create a pro to do a program like that with them that could help them find that. And, you know, so I, yeah, I would love to, to have that conversation with now. I'm definitely going to come sit with you on the beach and we're going to talk about that further. (laughs) You know, I've been, I've been locked into the therapy world for 30 years. So that's how I think. Right. Um, But one of the things that's also guided me has been the quote by John O'Donohue, I want to live like a river flows carried by the surprise of its own unfolding. Mm. And so I'm open to to conversations of whatever possibilities. And sometimes just by you saying that, then I'm going, well, gosh, maybe it doesn't have to be a licensed person. Maybe it can be, you know, somebody who has a lot of, of experience under their belt. So Okay, I'll I'll make a deal with you. If you'll come to Portugal and sit on the beach, then we'll talk about it. <laughs> and just for the listener to know, this is not where I thought we were going today, but how no. <laughs> fabulous when you don't have a script. That's the way I think yeah, life yeah, needs yeah, to happen yeah. these days. Yeah. <laughs> now, just, just to end all of that by saying um, I'm open. I'm open to conversation about things because um, because I think it's valuable and not not from an egotistical point of view. 
but more from the experience that I've seen with these women. Yes, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That level of openness is exactly why you're starting chapter three in a new country. And (laughs) I mean, it's, it's so inspiring for us to go, okay, we're just, we're all just getting started. If we're still drawing breath, we're just getting started. What do we want the next segment in our life to look like? Right? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I'm, I'm 70 next week and I don't, can't even think of myself like that. It's, It's bizarre. No, you're a breath of fresh air. There is nothing that feels 70 about you, except I'm sure you could say some joints in your body probably remind you once in a while, but for the most part, (laughs) you don't seem 70 at all to us. Uh (laughs) I think I've had so many start overs that it's hard to figure out what age I am. And I have lots of young friends. um, And, and like, we don't even feel the age difference. Yeah, exactly. I think we're, we are, as the vibration shifts on the planet and as more and more awaken, I think we're moving into a place where it's less about the numbers on the scale, the numbers on the calendar. It's really right. about soul to soul conversations and possibilities and living. And that's it's such an exciting place to live in. Yes. I mean, I have, I have an incredible life here. I have um, the most amazing friends and and yet there is that thing that calls me onto this new experience. Yeah. And somebody said, you know, something about courage. And I said, the only courage it's taking is to leave you all. It doesn't take courage to go. It takes courage to leave this. And I feel so fortunate and so grateful for the people. And, and just trusting that I'm going to be able to develop that there as well. Because I thrive on relationships that are real, on conversations that are real, um, where people are just really willing to connect heart to heart. I think you're going to attract more of them there because I think as a culture, they live more that way. Our cult, that's where, yeah. again, we go back to the culture. We're changing here, but largely our culture, we don't wear it all on our sleeve. We don't go out and have these deep, authentic conversations. There's still a lot of small talk and, and uh-huh. false airs and pretenses. So I think you're getting away from a lot of that moving and I'll be excited uh-huh. to see what unfolds for you there. Uh-huh. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Any bucket list items? I mean, you seem like kind of if I want to do it, I do it. Is there anything left that you're like, I've got to make this happen? Um, I haven't really thought of it as a bucket list, but I just want to keep opening to to travel and experiences and meeting people and being willing to uh, really engage their culture. Um, So wherever that is, I do want to go to Bali and some of those places and, um, but other than that, it's not real specific. It's just open to whatever presents itself or whatever shows up. You are such a bright light. I'm so glad you took time from packing and getting ready to move and saying your goodbyes to visit with us today. And Oh, I'm so grateful to do it. I can't wait to meet your face. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. So I like to wrap up my shows by asking guests if there is, after everything that we've discussed, a parting thought that you might like to leave our listener with today. Practice being real. Just practice dropping into your heart and living from your heart. And I think along with that goes the experience of gratitude and appreciation and just slowing down. Just slowing down. Believe in yourself. Be kind to yourself. Trust yourself. 
That's a beautiful message. And yes, the gratitude brings forth so much of the heart. It's like if we, if we're not used to going to the heart, gratitude's what can help open that heart if we're used to running away from it. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, thank you so very much. Thank you. It has been such such a a pleasure to talk with you. (laughs) I feel the exact same. Thank you. And thank you, listener, for joining us. What did you think? We welcome your feedback and support at journeyofpossibilities.com slash donate. And we'll see you next week on Exploring Possibilities.